You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. We preserve the history and sport of hunting through curious conversation and action-packed hunts, as well as offering you tips and strategy for more successful hunts. Christian Babcock here of the Hunter's Advantage podcast. Today in episode number 82, Jake Gaylord and I talked about failed hunting plans. In episode 74, we actually talked about our fall 2022 hunting plans, and a lot of those have already fallen through. And so we're going to talk about replanning, what to do when hunt plans don't go right, and how to set some contingency plans. So that's what we're up to in this podcast episode. I think you guys will enjoy it. Now let's get into it. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. This is episode number 82. Have you guys ever planned a hunt in excruciating detail with a buddy and it doesn't end up happening? That's what we're I talking have. about today. Jake has. Jake's I have. Jake Gaylord is on the podcast with me today, and we're talking about failed hunts planning. Failed yeah. hunt planning. So in episode yeah. 74, we talked about um, planning hunts for the fall of 2022. And just a few short weeks later, we are back to talk about a bunch of those failed plans and what we're going to do about it. Jake, thanks for jumping on the podcast with me. Yes, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. good it's like, deal, I've, good it's like I, I've, I've seen you before. It's like we did a podcast it's before. This. Like two minutes ago? Yeah, like a couple minutes ago. Do you want to go change real quick? Or? Yeah, people are going <laughs> to know. Uh, so, like I said before, um, in episode 74, we talked about a few different things. We talked about us going to the panhandle of Oklahoma to hunt antelope. We talked about wanting to get some private ground in Kansas for hunting Kansas whitetail. And then we talked about some of our Oklahoma whitetail plans. And two two out of three of those are kind of in the uh, in the dumpster right now. So Might be three out of three. Might be three out of three. Might be Please, three God, help three. me. Let me get one out of three. Um, so we're going to talk about that. We've had hunt plans fail in the past, and that can happen for a variety of reasons. Whether the planning that you, the guy that you're planning on going with tells you there's no more spots to go, you have to get a preference point, or you don't draw out. There's a lot of different scenarios um, that could derail a hunt plan, um, but we're going to talk about some of those today. This is sad that we have to talk about this. I wish all these you know, would have worked out. It is what it is, but you know, pressure makes diamonds, baby. That's right. So starting off, Oklahoma antelope. That was something that you were really looking forward to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you, you all heard the story. If you look back on the previous episode, we talked about this. But uh, antelope was something I was really looking forward to. I mean, uh, we were talking about Kansas for a couple of years. But before we did, you know, Kansas, where we try to venture off to muleys or do whatever, I was like, I want to get an antelope down because we tried – shoot 2016 or 2017 17 i think it was 2017 uh it was a swing and a miss but that was more fun than the previous or the the uh the next time we went there uh with the rifles but uh yeah we got back a hold of them and or the beginning of last summer and thought we were good to go on about everything and then he got in touch with you yeah, so we have a guy out there, a uh, big family ranch that we hunt in the Panhandle. 
And uh, every time that we found it out there before, like Jake was saying, it, it worked out well for us. I mean, it was fairly easy, like as simple as like sending a text and saying, hey, let me check my schedule. I'm good to go. So we went out there and hunted with uh, Jess the first time, who was the the ranch manager and basically had free reign over the place with our bows. Yeah. Like we could hunt anywhere on this place. And it's like, gosh, 70,000 plus acre. I mean, it's a ton of ground. Uh, so we went and hunted, like Jake was saying, in 2017 with our bows, weren't successful. And then we ended up hunting with um, one of the actual owners of the land in 2019, uh, December. 2019, and yep. each of us shot two does out there with our rifles. And we we told the the guy that we had hunted with, hey, we possibly want to come back with our bows at some point. And we talked to him, I think it was last summer, about coming back with our bows. And he was like, hey, just just set me back up when you're a little closer and we'll kind of go from there and figure it out. And we thought, hey, if, if we've been able to go out here with our rifles, there's no way that we won't be able to come out here with our bows. You know, it's way less intrusive, way less dangerous. You don't need a guide to hold your hand. Um, so we thought we'd kind of just have free reign and just, just pay the guy a trespass fee and come back. And it didn't really end up working out that way. I texted the guy and apparently there is a long list of bow hunters that want to hunt this ranch for antelope with their bow. I figured that, um, I figured there wouldn't be that much interest with a bow, but now considering, I just now thought of this, that they only get one antelope buck tag <coughs> with a rifle. I guess that's probably what drives that demand. Like you have to shoot one a buck with your bow. You can't get one with a rifle. So now that I'm thinking through that, that makes more sense. But, um, we had talked to the guy last summer and kind of seemed like it was a, it was a go. And so reaching out eight, eight months in advance now and kind of just got a, can I just got a big fat no. We asked to get added to the list of people, you know, just in case hunts fall through or people can't show up or whatever. And it was kind of yeah. like a, we've got a deep list. We're good. We don't, we don't need you guys on the list. And also we were thinking, well, how deep could that list go? And then, and then we kind of thought like it doesn't have to be very many people because the whole season's like what, two weeks. Yeah. The season's October 1st through 14th. So how many people can you possibly squeeze in, in that? sort of time you know there's only two weekends in that whole that two-week period so it makes sense why we're not able to go but i kind of kind of disappointing when i thought we were shooing yeah yeah it is what it is uh so now i guess we just got a plan on doing something else yeah for for the in, in uh in replacement of that antelope hunt i don't know we've kind of kicked around the idea of of going and doing something western uh possibly a mule deer possibly that'd be a good one mule deer i think mule deer would be a good one a challenging one we've kicked around the idea of colorado obviously we want to get an antelope at some point um but any anywhere that's worth its weight in salt to hunt antelope would uh would require preference points yeah. so i think that's one of those things we're just going to try to build it up for a few years and possibly try to get a premier bow hunting unit in somewhere like wyoming but we're still kind of tbd on what we're going to do for in replacement of that hunt and we could replace it with just some september whitetail hunting maybe i don't know i'd i'd be very okay with that especially i mean we're going to talk about kansas here in a second obviously <coughs> but uh uh i really want to replace it with something to do with spot and stock which i mean that'd be kind of hard to do like like short notice because i don't really want to go to nebraska because especially from your past experience uh kind of like you said wait for a preference point on those type of hunts but i wouldn't mind doing the uh the september uh whitetail in kansas 
yeah. snag a little old velvet. That'd be freaking awesome. But uh, like that's so weather dependent. You know, it's one of those things that it's hard to plan around because yeah. you never know if the deer are moving. I've I've seen some people shoot velvet <laughs> deer in Kansas in September, and hopefully, if we get a cold front, maybe we'll just be on call on that one. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't know. Uh, so moving on from antelope. That was the first hunt, right? So yep. now we're leading on to Kansas because that was something we talked about for probably two to three years now. Like we're one hunt Kansas, one hunt Kansas. Well, now that we're actually able to go hunt Kansas, we're going to put in in April and uh, we're trying to figure out whether we can hunt on the private land because I know some family friends up there. Uh, I explained this all the last episode. But just a quick run through. I know family friends up there. Uh, they live like two and a half hours away from where I live in Oklahoma. And I got in touch with them thinking that they would allow us to either lease like some of their land that they farm or uh, maybe they can uh, get us permission on one of their friends that they know from down there and message him the other day. And he said that everything is already leased up from uh, people from Alabama. So the way his lease works is because he, he leases a couple thousand acres just for farming uh which i didn't think about this at first he leases it just for the farming aspect and then the people from alabama have the hunting rights to that so basically that landowner is just getting like a double whammy when it comes to income so i mean smart on their part but it sucks for us because it's already leased up from out-of-staters but can't really complain because that's what we were trying to do someone beat us to the punch and it sucks it is true it is true which my dad got and offered like hey come hunt this you know we'll give you free like free reign to it and all that stuff but that was like five to seven years ago so obviously you can tell how times have changed stuff's all about money now follow the money so it is what it is so we're thinking obviously we still want to hunt kansas so we're just going to try to find a piece of public that is closer to where i live which is in northeast oklahoma so we're planning on hunting south yeah, southeast Kansas. Uh, it'd still be a long drive for you, but hour and a half, two hours tops for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least it'd be a, a nice like dropping off point if I got to got to northeast Oklahoma. At least I could hop in with you or something. Yeah, and yeah, it'd be a, a little bit easier to finish it out. But one thing uh, we, we should talk about too is um, we're talking about Kansas as almost like a foregone, foregone conclusion, but Kansas is a draw state. We don't have any preference points. And... One thing we probably should discuss is is what do, what do we do if if we don't draw for Kansas? Because from the statistics we've looked at, it's about a sixty seven to like a seventy five percent chance if, <laughs> if we draw out. But yeah, what are we thinking if we don't draw out? Uh, we can our Kansas, the, the, the our cousin Kansas, of Kansas. Yeah. I was wanting to say Missouri, but we talked about the other day. You said that. Uh, you're not allowed to film or do anything in Missouri. So no that'd cameras. be kind of a, almost a wasted hunt. I mean, it would be a wasted hunt, but for content wise, couldn't really do much with that. So, I mean, Arkansas, I don't know how much a tag costs or whether like, it's like 250 bucks, it, but, but is it, it's a for sure thing though. Yeah. It's over the counter. Really? Okay. One thing I like about Arkansas, we talked about a little bit is we hunt so much in Southeast Oklahoma. A lot of the terrain in Arkansas is that, sort of mountainous uh kaya sort of terrain 
And we have some experience or a good amount of experience in that sort of environment. <laughs> and so there'd be some synergies going over there. It's just, I guess we'll we're figure out get away from that type of terrain though. That's, we're that's trying to enjoy some, some ag fields and if, some, some, some if you haven't noticed stuff. because pronghorn flat all out panhandle of Oklahoma flat, you can see forever, Kansas flatter, you know, obviously I don't know if it's as, as flat as like Boise city, Oklahoma, but, uh, it's Kansas. Everybody knows what Kansas looks like basically. Uh, so we were trying to get away from that, like hard timber, you know, mountainous areas, and there's a 73% chance, or I guess it'd be a 27% chance that we're hunting the same mountainous areas. Yeah, and and I think we'll know because when we get those draw results for Kansas, that'll tell us if we need to go plant some trail cameras in Arkansas to let soak for like three months. And yeah. uh, basically, when so, will we go down there to scout? Exactly, Oklahoma. We just drive across the border yep so hopefully that is not the case we're trying to get some diversity um in our lives as far as like at least looking at something different would be really nice but um, what we're trying to say with uh with with this is there's a lot of states that require preference points there's a lot of issues with permission um if you're trying to hunt a certain unit or trying to hunt a certain state and make it easier with permission and what we're trying to say is that I think being flexible is really important and then having a lot of options. Like we started out with uh, a very good plan of what we wanted to do and we've kind of had to backtrack and throw out some other contingency options. So if you guys are planning on going and hunting one of these states that requires um, you can draw into, but it's maybe a 60 <laughs> or 70% chance, it's always good to have some sort of contingency contingency plan that's geographically close. Like we've got options, we could go do other do other places. Um, so I think that's important for other people as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, worst case, I mean, I might be able to go to your uh, your neck of the woods, maybe get Texas. my first Texas. You know, you never know. I don't know how much tag is there. I think it's only like two fifty as well, isn't it, for out of state? Yeah, Texas is fairly fairly cheap. Um, for an out-of-stater, but gosh dang, I've got a bad taste. There's like no yeah. public. That's yeah. the only issue. Like I would have already been hunting public in Texas if I had any close to me. Yeah. And so that's kind of unfortunate. Um, so what's this about Oklahoma? Have you have you heard anything about about the uh, Southwest lease? Yeah, so our plan was to try to uh, secure a Southwest Oklahoma lease uh, big enough for me, Jake, and Peyton to hunt on. Um, I'm going up to hang out with that buddy, do some shed hunting on my lease this next season or this next uh, weekend. And I'm going to talk to them about that there. If we could have a really nice piece of private with wheat on it, with really good bedding next to the river (coughs) with feeders going while we're hunting all the public, it'd be fantastic. So that's the plan. I mean, make hunting public a lot better knowing that we could come back and sit over a corn pile. And it's nice because you can have cell cams and you can kind of monitor the property while you're away in some sense. And, you know, people always say like, uh, like, oh, it's not as satisfying if you're not shooting buck on, a buck on public. Well, I, I do both. I like to do both. Yeah. It's satisfying shooting a buck on public, but gosh dang, it is nice shooting a good one on yeah, private too. I love both. I would, and I would That's recommend sure. that to everybody if you can find an affordable lease. Do both. Yeah, yeah, because... The way we did it last year, which I guess you still did, you have a lease in twenty twenty. 
Nope. No. Okay. So yeah, we were just hunting public all year, which I, which I'm kind of spoiled a little bit. I have private around five minutes from where I live in Northeast Oklahoma. So like, I'm kind of spoiled in that way because like I can go down to Southeast Oklahoma with Christian and Peyton and I can hunt public all they do, but I have the ability to come back. And if I get off, you know, get done with work early, or if I want to start work a little bit later, I can go out there and have a morning sit or an evening sit rather than Christian who would have to drive at least three hours to hunt Southeast Oklahoma. Yeah. Minimum. And then how, how far is it to uh, Jair's house? About three hours too. Not three hours. Exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah, so kind of like you said, it's it, it's great to have both, but still doesn't mean that. Uh, man, I don't know. What I'm trying to say here. I I lost my train of thought right after I was trying to figure out time. Well, just like for me, it doesn't it doesn't make it any easy. I mean, it makes it. I I got to drive regardless. Yeah, to hunt, yeah. So, what were you gonna say about uh our plan of uh possibly holding out for some some Moit Grande this year? Oh yeah, yeah. So we got to talking earlier. And uh, Christian was asking me, hey, when do you think we're going to get our mounts back? And then we're trying to go back to, like, last year, like, when we took them into the taxidermist, and then when we got, you know, got the text message saying, hey, come get them. And uh, we were talking about a big issue that probably a lot of people have, and it's co- and it's wall space. And if it ain't wall space, it's uh, – even if you have the wall space, you'll, you have to kind of have that little voice going behind your shoulder saying, we're not hanging that there. You know, that can go in this room, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, granted, wall space is an issue. And so what we were talking about is uh, holding out for a little bit better one this year. You know, because we all get in that, that, that kind of mojo like, oh, you know, start of the summer, you can tell your buddy, I'm holding out for, you know, a 130 or better, 140 or better. And then October 1st, you don't see anything. You're like, okay, still, you know, season just started, whatever. Haven't got to the rut yet. And then all of a sudden the rut starts. And as soon as you see the first movement, you're like, man, I really haven't seen anything worthy all October. And so the first like 120, 125 inch buck you see, which still great buck. uh, You're like, I really want to sling an arrow at that. So your standards start going down lower and lower. And so it's all it's all a mental thing, but we're going to try. Long story short, I know this is a long-winded answer. We're going to try to do a little bit better on waiting for the big one, especially on private. Especially on private, yeah. Public public's one thing because if you're hunting like a super pressured piece of public, I mean, a 120 might be the muy grande of that area, you know. And which to this day, I'll I'll still shoot a 120 on you know southeast Oklahoma, absolutely. I say that as the season's already over but i'm sure by the end of this summer i'm going to be like no 130 or better you know but it's just kind of where you're located and what you're happy with i guess yeah and two it's like when you start filling your wall up with those quality of deer like i've got i've got three over 120 i'm looking at right now and then i got another 120 coming to on when i get my mounts back and i'm like these are, st- are stall all starting to look <laughs> similar. Like, yeah, I've got enough of these quality, and I'm obviously trying to shoot for age and maturity first. 
Um, mm-hmm. For example, that non-typical that I shot last year that was just a freak scored about 80 inches. But um, I'm ready to hold out. I can. I think I'm. I can pass some some of those those Pope and Young quality bucks. I think. I think I've got the mental fortitude now. And like you're saying, out of wall space, kind of necessity. I don't really have a place to put. Yeah. One of those. Yeah. Well, I guess you can either get another apartment just for your mount. I guess. I don't know. Do garage have to change? Garage. I'm praying garage for a garage. <laughs> I told Lauren if we get a house with a garage, I'm putting up like a, a wooden wall and I'm just putting all I'm like a shrine of deer See, out there. I wouldn't even need a garage. If I just had an extra bedroom, I'd just load that sucker top to bottom like it I don't have very tall ceiling. It's like a maybe an eight foot ceiling here. And I guarantee you I could put at least three mounts vertically and then across. And if I could just have one wall of that, I mean that, that that's Dude, Coop's wall of- Coop's wall is a good example. I don't Co- think I've seen his wall. Pate's brother, you've seen it on Facebook, have you not? Oh, that's so. Oh, you need to look at it. Coop's got a really good wall. He's got like 10 or 12 mounts, but he's got really high ceiling, so it makes it a little mm-hmm. bit easier. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's basically all we wanted to cover in this episode was talking about uh, contingency plans, talking about what we're up to. I know you guys listen to the podcast. You watch our YouTube videos. Sometimes uh, we go silent on YouTube and just wanted to give you guys an outlet to uh, – see what we're up to and kind of where we're where we're at on planning our hunts for the fall um we got a lot of cool videos coming up uh, we're going to shoot the tack i still got a video of my dad hunting at uh, bloomer outfitters in northwest oklahoma coming and then we've got a long list of gear review videos that we're going to shoot the weekend of tack as well so we got a lot of stuff <laughs> coming up hopefully if you find a couple sheds yeah hopefully finding a couple sheds on southeast public too if uh you guys are enjoying the podcast. Make sure to leave us a rating or review on Apple. Um, it means a lot. Uh, thanks for listening to the episode. We'll catch you guys in the next one. And if you all could, I know you're not going to add this. TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, just hit the follow button. Hit the follow on all Comment. Give us crap for all I care. Just comment, okay? Just some sort of interaction. We'd love to interact with you guys. I love it. Thank you guys so much for checking out the Hunter's Advantage podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to the podcast. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you in the next episode.